Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's Nixon here with Below the Radar, a show in which along with you we'll dive into the social fabric and career and growth and development and more talk with me and the guests that will be hosting in some of the episodes, future episodes, not this one. So, welcome again from wherever you're listening in you're welcome to the btr that's what i mean that's what we're going to be calling it right for the sake of our tongue tips i've been told the l in below rhymes rather disturbingly with the r in radar and creates some kind of um, confusion some kind of tongue twisting that's not easy to get back from I don't know about that because, I mean, it's only been one person. But for the possibility of that inconvenience, of course, we'll keep it BTR, you know, for those particularly facing the problem. Or for those, actually, for that person particularly facing the problem because apparently it's one person. Anyway, I was also told it kind of does that when you, like, repeat the whole, the whole, like, the whole name over and over again and i'm thinking why would you repeat the whole name over and over again like anyway unless you're talking of course unless you're telling this to your friends i'm going to assume that's the case but anyway btr sounds fancy even right so welcome to the btr podcast it's below the radar so many of you are of course maybe aware I was doing another podcast, which I ended last year for reasons far more, you know, far more disturbing or far more, you know, just beyond the podcast itself. But which, of course, I'm not going to disclose here, Uh, maybe in the later episodes, because it's not going to be, it's not important right now. What's important is this one this podcast has started and i assure you it's not going to stop it's not going anywhere i'm kind of stuck with you guys right now right so just subscribe to this podcast from wherever and whichever platform you you're you're using right now and turn on your notifications to get alerts as soon as new episodes drop in it's gonna be fun i'm going to enjoy with you guys and it's going to be a honestly it's going to be a long journey but eventually we'll get it where we want it anyway so basically i wanted this first episode to remain um to remain what it is an introduction you know like i said this will be kind of a long journey so it's uh so it's only fair that you know who i am so we pick up from the from the right foot so i'm nixon uh well, how can I put this? Yeah, I'm, I'm a distorted and distracted youth in his 20s. I guess that's normal. Trying to, you know, get prepared for whatever comes out ahead in the 30s. Trying to prepare for that. That's the accepted. That's the that's the acceptable notion right now. I think, of course, because. It's okay to be confused in 20s, right? I mean, there is a whole lot of uh, there is a whole lot of things to figure out. Um, 
we've all been there we've all we, we are all still here many of you guys it's an epiphany of endless realizations about life about yourself you know some even terrifying you get overwhelmed with all with all these you know little little small details and mistakes and you know messy emotions that you have created and of course you're meeting much of this stuff for like the first time in your life you know so you do the right thing sometimes and then many more times you also do the wrong thing so wrong actually that sometimes you just sit down and ask yourself a lot of questions about what you have done and then about what where it's taking you where you're going with it and then you start wondering if you could just pray to god and help you undo or and say all these things that you have done or said i mean it's all part of being in the 20s and then sometimes you just want to get out of that mess you have created you know but it's okay it's part of the process it's part of being in the 20s it's safe to say there are a lot of things that we try out that of course at the end of it all turn out not to be our style you know it kind of it kind of takes a lot of trials to get uh to get your shit together and of course start something that's actually lasting and that is that is valuable of course out of all that confusion about what you want to be and what you can actually be in your 20s that's where you realize wait i can be this i can be that i can be that in your 20s you think you can be a good music producer a good musician a good artist um you can as well be a good agriculturist you will also be a good engineer you can as well be a good doctor you you realize all that stuff in most cases when you're in your 20s but then th- that that whole lot of confusion you know it's okay if it's you know if it's happening because in most cases at this stage you know you are realizing you can be everything you ever wanted to be but then you're also realizing there is a whole lot of things that can just and can potentially stop you from of course being whatever you want to be if you don't fight back really ideally i think there's a lot to figure out in 20s so i can honestly say there's also a lot for me to figure out there's been a lot for me to figure out so for starters i have some kind of uh, a complicated set of skills i should call it an apparatus i personally don't understand it but it's just there it's it's me it's right there right if i should call it i mean <laughs> complicated like i already said i mean from writing and then like that's even intricate enough then to tattooing i use it to do tattoos and i'm actually a good one at that although sometimes things just you know and then to graphics designing and then to being some kind of uh, a computer nerd and then to crafting yeah you had me right crafting right like i'm i'm really good with my hands i can be careful and then just put out some 
amazing work it depends on the activity i'm doing but i'm so good like at my hands with some activities of course and then to programming use it to do programming but i think i i stopped walking down that road uh and many more compilations of my of course confusing personality but to round it off i'm a writer i guess i can confidently say i am uh since i um, i already have my first project completed it's a book that i first published online around 2000 around 29 no 2020 at the beginning of the lockdown made a few bucks uh, and to be honest it didn't go excitingly well so i got a literal agent and resorted to the old traditional way of publishing you know so it's not so easy just uh, when you see these things online people publishing self-published making millions of dollars and all that you might think like it's easy you know if you're familiar with publishing and all that so i decided to give it a try i also decided to give it a try do self-publishing yeah made some money but it didn't go to you know it didn't come didn't reach even close to my expectations so i figured i had to put a lot in advertising than i was going to get after the book was sold so i just decided to go the traditional way now i got a little agent and my my um, my uh, my little agent yes and now it's um, now it's paying publishing i think in june or let may whichever case may be i will i will i will, uh, I will be informing you guys so mm, so that's how it went and uh, of course after these changes and reviews i'm expecting it to be in the libraries by june that's really that's really going to happen then i kind of uh, prolonged that writing beat that writing skill and extending to to content writing i do content writing and then script writing uh then editing and more from that side that stuff you know including of course also search engine optimizations i do those too so yeah i uh you know if you're wondering because i mean all those skills you have to put like on one they deserve to be like on one profile so yeah i have a I have an Upwork account. <laughs> you can actually find me there too if you have some content to write or edit articles and all that. I can gladly help you. I will put the link below down in the description just in case any of you has some work that we could work on, that we could tweak, that we could, you know, edit, beautify, you know, or some script that they want to that they want to you know like try out uh so yeah i can do that again i'm also in law school almost completing after which i don't know what i'm going to do with that degree oh god anyway but i'll cross that bridge i guess when i get to it for now um I'm just looking forward to completing really law school being what it is it's just hectic right now and consuming studying it's it's a lot to do but nothing to do I like it there I like law school 
it kind of puts all the things that I want to be together. It's all like, it's like this factor of me that's going to be the pivot of my life. Yeah. So I kind of look at law school as some, you know, my being a lawyer will be like this part of me that will always tap into and then go formal, formal mode, you know, like turn on my formal mode and then go to perhaps go to court, you know, finish a, a few cases, uh, sign a few contracts, do this and that. And then after that, I can just tap back into this life, of course, this other me that I have nurtured over time this other me that writes this other me that that does podcasts and this other me that's you know like the layman social version of me if that's how i can put it anyway so that's it anyway of course a lot a lot a lot has led me to this uh choosing to go low and at the same time, choosing to stay the person I am. There's a whole lot of confusion, like I, like I told you guys about. Um, it's confusing. Sometimes what you want to be is different from what you need to be. But then you have to like consider everything. In, sometimes you cannot let what you want to be go and then become what you need to be sometimes they just have to work hand in hand that is one of the rare cases in which i think i belong so what i wanted to be was uh still a lot of things i think i wanted to be oh my god it's so confusing right i think at some point i wanted to just do computer programming i wanted to be a software designer um wanted to be a programmer yeah and then a few years back like four five years back it, it just flapped it just flipped out of my mind i think i was like way back in high school in like senior three or four that's that's like no two i think i because i had started writing in two started writing short stories in senior two and like like there in the middle there in high school i i figured i had i figured because there is this teacher that i would, that i would usually give my work he'd he'd read and then he would tell me how much time did it take you to write this or to put this up or to come up with this idea or plot and then I tell him and he's like, hmm, that is, that is impressive, right? And then over time, I think that started instilling in me, in me the idea that actually I think it was quite obvious because it became so obvious to me that writing was so easy to me. And then it flew, it just kind of like happened almost as though it was a talent. So I also tried to nurture it but then it was this aspect of life that was it was this aspect of me that was so different from the computer programmer that i wanted to be i mean there are two things you can never be at the same time you can't be a programmer and a writer at the same time because i wasn't even writing 
computer fiction or say science fiction or say no that wasn't my genre i was really into this politics thing and economy and social life well-being welfare that's that's what i was writing and i just i i, I just putting the version of me programming and this other version of me writing books in the same position in the same room it was just impossible one part of me this other version of me was sitting in the basement surrounded by what two three computers all turned on doing this and doing that focusing on this and focusing on that entering strings and notations and what and all that stuff in two computers and then this other version of me is upstairs listening to music laptop on my laps writing a scene imagining delved into my realm of fiction and imagination these two versions just couldn't mix so i i just i thought a lot about it and i had to make a quick decision because i would soon be in a level and the subjects i would choose to do would determine what i would finally do so anyway so by the time i joined a level of course i had dropped mathematics already i essentially my love for literature and writing uh superseded my love for becoming my love to become um a, a software engineer so that's why i that's how i ended up in law school confusing right because i also didn't want to do a degree in literature who does that uh i mean that's like saying that's like that's like saying look i'm going to do this but it means when i'm done with school i must really write and earn a living because no one i mean there are people and of course there are organizations which are going to employ you but you'll find it so hard to get employed with a degree in literature not even a bachelor's degree in maybe education in english and literature no so all the ideas were narrowed down to just being a lawyer and then i figured from the very beginning there was this urge inside me to just be like independent and then think independently and then do things independently and then of course my friends talked to me about how argumentative I've always been from the beginning ah uh, i guess they are lying you know i'm not that argumentative if you come to know me so that's a lie actually anyway so that's how i ended up in law school i just decided to do that and i really hope it takes me somewhere important anyway so you know like i was saying so merely liking it liking the whole existence of law in my life is one thing and then making it an actual thing an actual pivot of my life is another thing you know you have to have a steady flow of um, gut and motivation should i say inspiration you know you have to stay positive 
about everything you put on paper i feel like you cannot uh you know achieve a long goal by long goal of course i'm 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 speaking we are speaking 8 10 15 20 years you know you can't achieve that if you do not stay positive there are a lot of things that are going to happen down the road and if you do not have a stable foundation of course you will tip off you will tip off definitely tip off and you will end up changing career you will end up changing niche you will end up you will end up changing this and that about you about yourself about your life about your skills about what you want to do in the shortest time possible in the time that you never thought that you would change so much like that so i think you need you know we need like a steady flow of like motivation and then of course personally me kale i find reading so appeasing now this is how things go get start to get complicated i have found reading to be one of the things that i cannot live without as well as writing now apparently as well as law school mm, like recently i just finished um papo hibiscus that's a it's a book by chimamanda adichie she's she's some nigerian writer i love so much she's good she's one of the recent you know she's a millennial she's not one of the one of those you know old old writers who kind of deliver all the serious stuff and then leave out all this fun so she you can righteously say that she writes for the current generation she's like one of those writers who write whatever whatever that is happening right now and then she's like knows she knows what is happening inside your head she writes your head so and and before that i was reading the thing around your neck also by her it's like a collection of you know short stories about identity and family and then again i feel like all african writers must put identity in their books it's become some kind of a signature theme and i don't think that's good you know you can't have a signature theme it's kind of toxic if the young writers if the people who are starting out to write are going to think that each and every book must have identity as a theme then even in the books in which it is not necessary they are going to be put there and that's not going to be a good thing if essentially the book is going to be boring because that's like so focusing on two different things and trying to make it one but anyway i also finished that so i have started on hogwarts library by jk rowling ah uh, oh god that woman is so good how woman she writes perfect stuff she writes legit legit stories um if you don't know she is the one behind uh the harry potter series also she's the one behind um there there are the witch trials no 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 not the witch trials sorry the um, ah this other the fantastic beasts yes the fantastic beasts she's all those are her books by the way so good uh so i recently finished the witch trials that's the podcast of course oriented on her so good she has always been uh, i've always found her work phenomenal to me it's like kind of inspiring 
and it means a lot so but anyway if you still watched her the movies uh based on her books harry potter was among the best selling series of all time also being the second best selling i think second best selling book after the bible on amazon that's that's just crazy right lady has made what around 1.82 billion dollars from the book and it's just phenomenal how writing can be just lucrative anyway if you also watched um yeah, the fantastic beasts all the three parts they were all they were all based on her books and uh so yeah i recently completed the witch trials the podcast uh so anyway like i was saying uh her, bo- her, her work is like inspiring and it means a lot it keeps me going because i relate to it so much actually because i'm actually translating I, I'm, I'm transitioning from writing about welfare and economic you know economic structures also leadership oriented structures I've been writing about that society arguments which of course include uh, some hunger deep hunger themes and then poverty themes and then you know African problems like we usually call them I mean because in most in most developed countries we don't have those right they don't have those uh they have <laughs> like the common saying goes in developed countries there are champagne problems now for us we have hunger and poverty but anyway that's a notion too which i've grown to realize is a stereotype recently there is hunger and poverty everywhere not just in africa anyway so I have three books towards the that um, initial course of things like I told you the welfare and economic structures and leadership structures and their impact on society and then of course those weak weak themes and then strong strong themes poverty and hunger those are the three books that I have right now and so now I'm transitioning to dystopia. In fact, the current piece that I'm currently working on is a dystopia. Now, for starters, dystopia is like this genre that focuses more on the on the outcomes of the current political or economic dispensation. The impact, of course, of like uh, it focuses on the like impact of the current atmosphere of things the short term or the long term but in most cases it's the long term you see notice how we have like global warming right now the world's temperature increasing by an average of one degree every 10 years and then so a typical dystopian novel about global warming would be set in around 2070 when the world temperature has increased maybe by seven percent and then the entire ice sheet in the north and south has melted and then the continents have like flooded and then that's like the effect of our doing because of our industrial revolution stuff like that you get the idea that's like a typical dystopian novel so it focuses more on the on uh, on annihilation themes and totalitarianism and then worldwide catastrophes and then uh you know the global impact of the current problems that we are facing uh 
in most in most books uh, featured in this genre the world seems to come to like an end due to maybe global warming or climate change or after a ruthless dictatorship or after a you know a complex system of um of um of maybe you know of of politics or after maybe a global economy crash and maybe you know like the 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 economic depression of 2008 and all that so after that and then a story is centered on that and then in most cases society turns out from a wrong you know a wrong foot if i should call it because in most in most dystopias it is society at a wrong foot it is society gone wrong in such a way that something really big happened and changed the world and then now a few people are trying to take to take the you know to take an advantage of the situation and then maybe the whole world is controlled by one person or the whole country is controlled by one person or there's no law or there is no justice or there is no you know you might relate with um, a few novels in this in this uh, genre some of the books include of course handmaid's tale everyone who reads dystopias know this book um it was written by margaret atwood and then there is also 191984 by george orwell it was also very very good uh there's a former there's a famous quote that's why they extract the famous quote that whoever whoever controls the past controls the present and whoever controls the present controls the future but whoever controls the future also controls the past so of course in that book i'm not going to give you everything not going to give you all that's going to be boring not here to narrate but in that book for example uh the rulers the Ah oh my god what am i doing this yeah I'll go and check it out it's 1984 george orwell it's a it's a dystopia it's a typical dystopia anyway and there is also hunger games by susan collins uh this i guess this is more relevant to many of you because there is even an there's even a prominent movie based on the same series of books that was um there were who, who was that lady was it Jennifer Lawrence that was Jennifer Lawrence yeah that lady acted in Hunger Games the movies the movies were great must have watched it they were also based on i i think that gives you the idea of what a dystopia is if you watched Hunger Games that's a typical dystopia world gone wrong and then factions and then districts and then whole country controlled by a single person and maybe there's no law or there is law but there is this person who has like who is like the law anyway that's that's how it is and then there is also Fahrenheit 451 actually Fahrenheit 451 was among my very best dystopian novels of all time i think compared of course to 1984 it was a fantastic book and there's also Station 11 Now of course don't get me wrong these are the books i have read myself i'm not saying these are all that are about there uh that are about dystopia that are out there about dystopia um there's also this other book um 
Station 11 was, I think, Emery, Emery Calliot? Was it Emery Calliot? No. It was Emery, Emery, Emery Mandel. Emily Mandel. That was, yeah, that was, that was the book. Station 11. It was also so good. Science fiction. And then there was Brave New World and many other books. That was by Aldous, of course. He has written also prominent books on dystopia. Very many other books uh, that are so good. Uh, so, but personally, I like George Orwell's works and Octavia Butler's. Octavia Butler is uh, this. She's she's I think among the greatest Black American writers of fiction and dystopia that have ever lived. If there are very many, anyway. Because there are few who write dystopias. But she's among the best because I think she has like, what, five or six awards for each of her books. Uh, so yeah, Octavia Butler, she writes well. And Jojo Real. So these are like the footprint, uh, the current footprint that I'm trying to follow right now. Very good ones. Anyway, so, but I think Hunger Games gives you the best picture of a dystopia. Very good movie also. Anyway, many books in this genre are very interesting. I can without doubt put that one can never find any of these books boring. Never, really. However, I don't... <laughs> we don't we don't seem to have a lot of African dystopian novels around. It's disappointing, really. I mean... But anyway, like I had said, so you see the problem we have currently is that the existent writers and of course our predecessors our writers who wrote previously before we were even born they have imprinted the idea in our minds that the themes in which they were the themes which they were touching in their books in most cases and the reasons why their books became so prominent were because of these themes and then for us the young writers who are coming out think that if you maybe do not include these themes in your book it will not sell one or if you include the themes in your book similar similar themes of course the book will sell the same way maybe the the rest or your you know your favorite writer's books the way your favorite writer's books sold so maybe if you if you have been following Walt Soinka and the style of writing he uses is the exact style you're using and the exact theme and the exact themes that you're writing i don't think your books are ever going to be relevant really at the end of the day you're doing exact thing you're you're copying like except you're just putting new characters and new scenes and plots in your books but you're doing the same thing so there's no reason why your book will even be considered to be like published or to be like uh what to be you know published because there is already it's like a replica of what is already existent and i think that's the problem so we have been in we have we have we have uh we have buried ourselves into the idea that if we don't do what they did our books will not succeed like theirs did but that is wrong you know because before they did that there were writers who did not do it. And then they are different. They are different from them. And that's why I think that we have to be different. We have to be indulging in these new other dystopias. Uh, Manya, 
new other genres and all that. So personally, I'm going for dystopia. And I think I've only read uh, one, only one typical dystopian book in Africa by an African writer. It was Nedi Oka Oka. Nedi, Nedi Oko. What was his name? Nedi Okar. These Nigerians have typical, you know, untrans- typically untranslated, untranslatable names, really. It was Nedi. All I know, he was Nedi. Okarofa. Something like that. Okorafor. Okorafor. Yes. Nedi Okorafor. And that and that was um that was um uh who fears death. Yeah, who fears death. That 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 that's 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 the book. I think that's the only typical dystopian novel that I've ever read that is uh by an African writer. <sighs> but I want to change that, you know. It's kind of my next goal. My life's my life's goal, if I should say. I want to focus more on global warming and climate change and political disparity. I know I'm shooting for the stars on this, but that's what we gotta do, right? And maybe 20, 25 or 30 years from now, y'all will look back to this episode and say, wow, I mean, he said he would do it and now he has done it. I also want to look back and say, "Mm, I said I would do it and now it's here, it's finally here. So I want to fulfill that, really. And of course, I'm also looking forward to writing more about the current, that's the, the, the current rising middle and upper classes in Uganda. That's the other issue that has been pressing me lately. I feel we have overstepped on the idea that the country is growing and we have looked much more on there's one there's uh, i was at a conference a friend of mine a writer he's already published he talked to me about how we have focused so much in putting poverty and hunger in almost all our books that now exotic readers whoever is reading the books from africa think that actually each and everything that is about Africa and that is about uh, each and every country in Africa is hunger and diseases. And so we have almost, in our own way, in our stupid way, created some stereotypes about ourselves and they are not so helping, by the way. So I kind of want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I just want to, I just want to do something different, and not because, not merely because I want to do something different. Because I have also found a writing dystopia and writing, you know, about global global warming and and climate change and orienting my stories to those themes is so easy compared to what I've been doing in the previous books. I'm not saying they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad, but you know but anyway i gotta do it it's what i want to fulfill and the rising middle and upper classes like i was saying i also aim to erase those stereotypes that the rest of the world has got on us you know it's so bad what sometimes the rest of the world think that we are it's depressing if you think about it and if you ask around i have a friend i have many friends out but i have a friend who'd been to been abroad in Wales in Europe in UK 
and she told me that her neighbors were surprised that she actually spoke English. Now, I presume the assumption was that there were no schools here in Africa. Uh, and that's just crazy, right? You can think a whole continent does not have schools to teach the language that's used globally right now. Like, imagine someone getting surprised that you know a language that you can literally learn in three months. But then you're like 30 years old and this person still can't believe you are able to learn that language. I think that's a sick stereotype. Or yet, I think this person or these people were actually thinking schools here teaching what 600 plus languages which are in africa because i think africa has around 1000 tribes and around 800 of them speak different languages so this is a person saying for a person to speak english in africa one means they must have studied it so at the end of the at the end of the day i think this person is thinking all the tribes in africa all no, not, not all the tribes. Uh, I think at the end of the day, this person is thinking all the schools in Africa teach in, exot- in, uh, in their indigenous languages. And that is so sick because, I mean, over 800, like I said, over 800 tribes, we have to have a common language that we are using. And of course, we are communicating. So clearly, I mean, what's wrong with these people? Don't they watch TV? We have local television channels which are using what english i just it's just so sick how typical these stereotypes can go sometimes and then she also told me that some some of them many of them actually that they thought that africa was maybe the savannah and trees with many 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 wild animals i must admit when she told me that i laughed actually it was a very deep and long conversation that i had with her about this i i must admit at the end of it all i almost felt hurt sometimes sometimes it's just no it's just hard to imagine really if a person is out there thinking Africa is savanna and trees and wild animals, I actually have another stereotype. I heard that some people, actually many people from abroad, have the idea that they cannot they cannot come to Africa because there are mosquitoes in Africa. Can you imagine? There are mosquitoes in Africa. I, I mean, <laughs> there are mosquitoes everywhere in the world. But these people have planted the idea in their heads that there are as many mosquitoes in Africa to kill you in one night. I don't know. I don't know really about you guys. But I think that is a stereotype that really has to change. We do not have mosquitoes around here. In fact, I think some places outside have mosquitoes. I think the problem is that whenever they think of Africa, they think of the tropics and then the trees, and then the, the wild animals, and then, of course, the dirt, stagnants, and then, of course, mosquitoes. I'm thinking, for a person who has mosquitoes in his house, to think that there are mosquitoes that can kill you in one night in Africa, that person must think that all the people in Africa may be walking, surrounded by mosquitoes. 
but maybe because we are black and we are Africans we can't die but if they come i mean they will die right but i think all these are stereotypes which have to change you know i think these have to change really and i'm going to make it my life's mission to make sure that uh we are known for what we are and not these stereotypes you know because ideally i think uh it's just wrong sometimes to judge even a person thinking like that because you do realize when you meet like for example a new person before you know them before you talk to them you already have a mentality you already have something that is telling you this person is this but then in most cases you you get shocked when you talk to them they are different from what you actually thought they were uh so <laughs> this other this friend of mine she also told me that some of her neighbors in Wales imagined that there was no internet here so they were very shocked indeed when she actually told them that she knows Amazon and eBay and that actually Amazon and eBay deliver goods from out and of course into into Africa and into of course these local countries and i'm thinking that is that is so sick like that is typical of a stereotype you know some even think that Africa is one huge country some even that they don't know it's a continent they don't know it has what 54 55 independent sovereign countries and of course each one of these countries they have their own languages all the people in these countries have their own languages have their own cultures have their own traditions and have share their own piece of history these people do not know that imagine a person out there thinks africa is one country with one president i i i find it quite curious if you ask that person what the president of africa would be how would they how they would answer i think they would just say the prominent person in africa maybe the prominent president in africa is the president of africa but that's just sick right these stereotypes have to end and while many people are doing something about it uh, i also want to do my part in it and that will be integrating my writing with dystopia and global themes and then relate them to local facts and the things that are happening around in our country and then uh, there are some other stereotypes like she told me that um the woman with whom she was staying was surprised that she knew how to use a toaster now i found this one particularly interesting that she did not expect her to know how to use a toaster let alone know what a toaster is a fucking bread toaster guys a fucking bread toaster and <laughs> that's even funny bread toaster i mean that is so low right a person to think like that must be thinking you are so low like you do not know anything right we are talking about any person from any particular country and you're saying wow if he's from that country he definitely doesn't know what a toaster is like seriously you know and then a washing machine 
they also didn't expect her to know a washing machine but that's understandable anyway i i, I mean what i uh, agreeably people know it people know washing machines and all that but few of course know how to press the buttons but that is as much as complicated as all the machines with buttons are I mean, the first person, when when phones first came out, I must assume the first person did not know how to press a phone. So it's not really, it's not really so bad. But the, the fact that this person is thinking particular people from a particular country must not know what a washing machine is, I think that is sick, right? Because many of these things are must-haves in mid-range households in uganda and many other countries of course so really these stereotypes are a pain of course it's important to remember that these these stories and you know these stereotypes they are not intended by the people who say them they were not intended to this friend of mine she must have been offended but they were not intended i think it's it's just what they are their stereotypes that position can change of course if we essentially expose the truth about ourselves to the rest of the world and i think that is going to be my goal like i've already told you guys in my next books so well that's how i've decided to make an impact okay and you know now that and dystopia the journeys of course that i'm taking as far as writing is concerned anyway that's just about it uh that's just about me and as far as this podcast is concerned i hope this kicks that things from uh, the right the right foot next up on sunday is usual podcast business and now i look forward to getting to know you all i will be expecting emails i'll be expecting voicemails i'll be expecting um, voice messages and you can you can contact me on my socials i'll put the links down below and the email address and the dis- in the description below yeah like i said you can leave voice messages if you're using spotify we can connect and then if you're using other listening platforms like pocket casts this podcast is not yet on apple podcasts but will soon be by the time i drop the second episode will be on apple podcast so yeah with iphones don't flex manya don't you know don't start giving us the attitude right i know yeah so that's 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 about all i had for you today guys i hope that wraps up the introduction and i really hope that uh by the next episode you already know who i am you have an idea in your mind and you maybe can relate the things that i'll be saying throughout the podcast with uh the reality around me and the reality around where i'm podcasting from right now anyway that's all i had for you today please subscribe and listen in every sunday catch you on the next one ciao